Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insider's Yankees podcast for Friday, May 7th. I'm Sweeney Murdy. The Yankees are two-thirds of the way through a homestand and 5-1, and one, their longest homestand of the year. They have three games coming up against the Washington Nationals. The Yankees swept out a bad Tigers team, won the first two against the Astros, and then lost a disappointing game on Thursday in the series finale to the Astros. Disappointing because the bullpen gave up a lead, and that hasn't happened all year. First time all year the Yankees have lost a game in which they have led after seven innings. They were 13-0. If you go back to last year, they were 24-1 in the shortened season in games they led after seven innings. So that's 37-1 since the start of last year. Now it's 37-2 after Jose Altuve's three-run homer in the eighth inning lifted off of Chad Green lifted the Yankees to the victory. Uh, Garrett Cole started that game, and I know uh, there was some talk afterwards at 97 pitches. Could he have come out more uh, for a little bit more? Uh, The only thing I'm looking at, he didn't get uh, his numbers look pretty good. Five innings, two runs, a couple of solo homers. He didn't walk anybody, struck out four. Uh, there were a few hard hit balls, uh, more than we're used to seeing for Garrett Cole. Uh, a couple of really good defensive plays, and I'll get to that. Uh, but if I'm looking at the, it was the bottom of the order, and they hadn't done much damage against him either. But either way, I'm thinking Chad Green is probably coming into that game at some point in the eighth inning. Um and it could have very easily just been a 1-2-3 inning. He walked the leadoff batter. That kind of set the ball rolling right there. Um, and then the uh, the home run laid off Justin Wilson has, um, you know, that kind of put the game a little bit further out of reach. And that's that's kind of an issue with Wilson. He has not gotten off to a good start because, you know, uh, remember the shoulder issue that kind of uh, uh, halted the start of his season? Uh, he started the season on the IL, then came back a few days in. And... Uh, he really hasn't gotten right yet. Uh, Chad Green, when he gets hurt, it's with the home run ball. He gave up a, the game winner to Bo Bichette earlier, the, um, you know, back in April, and then the uh, eighth inning shot to Altuve on Thursday. Um, if you know, the, the disappointing part is when any of these guys fail, they're you know your high leverage relievers. Well, they're high leverage relievers. This means they're coming into late inning and tight ball games, and any run usually changes the course of the game, especially a three-run homer. You know what we say on the radio, right? Three-run homers win ball games. And uh, yesterday for the Astros, that's exactly what it did. 
Uh, okay, so you lose one. Uh, I gave you those numbers, right? They don't blow many leads late in the game. Uh, if the bullpen's going to lose a game, it's not indicative of a larger problem. It just happens to be a bad loss you got to live with and move on. The Yankees will move on to the Nationals series, and uh, we'll see how they rebound there. How about the good things happening finally as the Yankees are over 500? They recently had a five-game winning streak. After starting the season 5-10, and 10, they improved to 16-14, and 14, now 16-15, and 15, 31 games in as they head into this National Series. Giancarlo Stanton, I mean, house of fire right now, right? Um, and it's fun to see what he can do when he's healthy. Uh, I, I, and I worry, though, about like how much does this heighten expectations uh, for, for the kind of season that he can have? Especially this streak that he's on. He's always been a very streaky hitter. So this is going to end at some point. You wait to see. Hopefully it doesn't um, you know, turn into a total nosedive where he's batting one-something again. Hopefully he kind of levels off a little bit, stays fairly consistent, and then maybe has another hot streak coming up soon. If you look at his seasons historically, they are filled with hot streaks. He's on an incredible one right now, 12-game hitting streak. He's averaging a home run about once every nine at-bats, which if uh, that includes the postseason. Remember last postseason he had six home runs for the Yankees, and if you include the nine he's hit here, he's averaging a homer about once every nine at-bats. And in his MVP season in 2017, when he had 59 homers, he averaged a home run once every 10 at-bats. So the pace he's been on since last October is the same pace that he came here. And that's what we've been waiting for. If you are a Yankee fan, you've been waiting to see that Giancarlo Stanton. Now, part of the problem is, obviously healthy, right? But think about it. When he came over here in 2018, he played through some hamstring issues. It probably should have landed him on the IL, but Aaron Judge was out and he stayed in the lineup, DH'd, and Stanton ends up hitting 38 homers, drives in 100 runs. Now, when he hit 59, 38's a pretty big drop-off, but 38's still a really good number. And then he got hurt for really all of 2019 and 2020. Uh, And then you didn't see him again really until October. So, If you think about the 38 and 100 that he hit when he posted 158 times in 2018, the injuries are really what sucked the life out of having Giancarlo Stanton here because he didn't have him. He wasn't in the lineup. Uh, But now that he's healthy, he's he's just ripping at a great pace again. Not that he's going to keep this pace up all year specifically, but you see what he's capable of. And keeping him healthy is the big thing. I've heard some talk about trying to juggle the lineup with him maybe in the outfield uh, from fans, not from anybody in the team, uh, because you know they want to get maybe um, uh, you know, make sure you get more playing time for Frazier and uh, maybe it opens up the DH for Sanchez, um, things like that. But if you... Just think about what you're getting from Stanton. Part of what's really got him going right now, if you listen to Aaron Boone talk about Stanton, the way he talks about him being a really good hitter right now, a lot of it is about process, and I know you hate that phrase and words after all everything right now, but the idea of preparing for a game, getting ready, the game plan, uh, how he prepares to hit every night, how he prepares for what pitches he's seeing every night. That's all part of a plan that's built into him DHing right now and the time that he's allowed to prepare as a DH. I really think beyond risking injury, which is a major concern for Stanton if you play him in the field, beyond that, I think you're messing with a routine that he has down right now. I mean, he's he's the DH, and that's fine. And I know it has a trickle-down effect on the rest of the lineup, but he has a really good idea 
of how to get himself ready for games and at-bats right now, and I don't want to mess with that at all if I'm the New York Yankees by throwing the outfield into the situation right now. Let's Stanton ride this, and um, if you're pushed into needing an outfielder, fine, that's one thing, but don't just force him in just to say he's playing the outfield. Uh, I think you're in a I think you're in a good spot here with that. The Astros are done. Uh, they're not coming back this year unless it's October, um, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, it was quite the atmosphere, and the first game on Tuesday night was the loudest of them all, um, and it was, uh, you, you could tell that the uh, the team was all jacked up, and the fans were all jacked up, and it was uh, it was important for everybody in, you know, in Yankee land to get that message across that they finally got a chance to see these Astros up close. They were not happy. The only thing I'll say is that on Tuesday night, when the F-bombs are flying everywhere in the stands, I happened to fix my gaze on a family that was sitting right in front of me, had a couple of little boys who were probably not more than five years old, both of them, and uh, wearing their little Aaron Judge jerseys. And I really felt, listen, 25-year-old me might have felt differently, but 50-year-old me, as a parent of two, was watching that family and saying, boy, that's really a, you know, that that made me uncomfortable. And I, I really felt that, you know, as much anger as there is, maybe a better choice of words would have been, again, this is just me being old, 50-year-old, sounding like 90-year-old grumpy me. I really thought maybe a better choice of words uh, were necessary right there. And I've heard, well, you should know better than to bring your uh, kids to a game like that. Why? Baseball is supposed to be a family environment. You're selling a family experience. It's not bring your kids to the ball game, except when we want to curse at the Astros or except when the Red Sox are here and we might have fights breaking out in the stands. No, it's bring your family to the baseball game. And it just unnerved me a little bit, probably because I'm now a kid and um, I'm now a parent of two kids and not because my kids haven't heard those words anywhere. Yeah, I'm sure they have. And maybe around the house if they're listening closely. Um, But that's one thing. And the three hour verbal assault is another. And that's, I'm not going to harp on this. I just thought that I was watching those two kids pretty much the whole night and really felt bad for them and their parents um, going through that. Uh, I understand all the anger and all the energy that is directed towards the Astros in this series. Um, And I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong for having it. Um, I just felt quite uncomfortable for families who came to the game with young kids who had to sit there. And that's, and that's really it. Um, What you're seeing from the Yankees now as they're playing better baseball, it's not that everything has been disguised and the problems have disappeared. It's just that, when you're starting to hit again, when you're starting to win some games again, as I've mentioned before, this is, you know, it, it lets you buy time to address the issues. It's really what happened in April was the problem, is the Yankees offense was supposed to come out and slug and give the Yankees a chance to evaluate their pitching, evaluate their defense, give them time to say, okay, what are our options here internally, externally, and figure out how to get the best team possible onto the field by July 31st when the trade deadline hits and you have to make all your final decisions. And you're supposed to, you're supposed to have that kind of time. Well, when you start out 5-10 and 10 and you're not hitting, it really exposes all these other flaws and you feel like you have to overreact to do something. It's okay to react, but 
overreacting is something that you would really come to regret. So the Yankees didn't overreact. They moved a couple of pieces around the lineup every once in a while. You saw what they did with Gary Sanchez. They dropped Darren Hicks down, uh, and they're trying some different things. Um, You know, Stanton in the two-hole, Judge in the three-spot, whatever little things they did. Now they're hitting again, and everything looks to be okay. But there are still some questions about durability in pitching, starting pitching. Um, although, uh, you know, Tyone and Kluber looked really good. I, I would say, you know, Detroit came in last weekend and they're a miserable offensive team. It's not really a good measuring stick. Uh, you're going to run into a few more of those better teams coming up here. Coming up soon, you've got the Nationals who um, still have some pretty good players. You've got um, the Rays who are pesky. You've got the White Sox coming up shortly. So uh, there's some better Uh, tests coming up for the Yankees starting staff guys not named Garrett Cole and we'll see how they measure up defense has been better to the point where they're they're turning some spectacular double plays and helping out their pitchers I think overall the Yankees are still lacking a little bit defensively uh, in all the spots that we know and we'll see if that gets better Um, Kyle Higashioka behind the plate more regularly than Gary Sanchez uh, addresses one of those and uh, Glaber Torres is playing much better lately on all sides. I mean, and the play that he made racing from first to home because of the overshift and what one bobble by the infielder on an overshift caused the ripple effect of, of um, you know, Glaber racing the third, then the catcher going to cover third, and nobody covering home. Um, real heads up play by Glaber Torres, who, uh, you know, has been knocked for different things. And uh, he's he's had a really good stretch lately, although we're still waiting for the power. You know, he's played better defense. Good for Glaber. Concentrating, working harder, working more pregame, and making sure that, you know, he's he's doing everything he can to address the defensive issues that he had. That hustle play, okay, you know, I, I didn't get too worked up about that little dribbler that he didn't beat out 10 days ago, whatever it was, two weeks ago. It was focused on a lot because the Yankees were scuffling as a team and every little thing uh, can be perceived as contributing to the problem. I didn't have as big an issue, and I know the Yankees didn't have as big an issue with it. Um, it's, it was kind of a lightning rod issue that focused on, around a buzzword like hustle. Well, I think you saw plenty of hustle from Glaber Torres uh, on that play right there. So they're doing a little bit better uh, things like that. But overall, they're still not a great base running team. They're still not a great defensive team. Um, these are things that are going to have to, uh, they haven't been solved. They're just going to be has things that you kind of have to look at here and make decisions as you get moving forward. Is this the best way to build the team, um, to build this team uh, for consistency and not get too swayed by some of the things you saw when they were playing poorly? or by some of the things you see when they're playing better. You know, you're never as bad as when you're losing, never as great as when you're winning. So you're kind of somewhere in between. And basically, at, at a game over 500, that's, you know, that's probably the best way to, uh, to look at it and say this team is not um, a great team yet, and they're not a consistent team yet, and uh, we'll see where they go. So, uh, But good for Glaber uh, for um, you know, just being better defensively, especially, and making some of the plays that he needs to make. And uh, that's a big key for the Yankees. There are other guys who just need to start hitting and get going. Aaron Hicks, Clint Frazier, both of those guys got some big hits over the course of the last week. And we'll see if that spurs them on at all. 
um, and uh, and gets this offense going top to bottom. But by that time, somebody else is likely to cool off. But uh, the power has been missing from both DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres so far. That's a big part of this lineup too. And that can help pitching staffs. When the Yankees blow games open, then maybe you can ride a starter an extra inning and save a little bit of the bullpen. You know, people are, are worried about the starting staff pitching too many innings. Well, you're playing a lot of tight games too. You blow some of those open and that certainly helps you push maybe Jordan Montgomery or Jamison Tyone for an extra inning uh, somewhere and, um, and lighten the load on the bullpen. Uh, been waiting for Glaber Day. You know, it's almost Memorial Day, and we haven't had Glaber Day yet, right? He has not hit a home run since last year. Uh, DJ LeMay, who has one home run so far this season, um, and really hasn't gotten hot to the point. He did a little bit, but you know, when he's ripping doubles and homers, then you'll know that uh, that DJ LeMahieu is back fully, and uh, you know, just waiting for the offense to really finally come around. Uh, and we'll keep an eye on what the internal options are. Now that the minor league season has started, uh, we'll get a look every night at the box scores and see how guys are progressing, not just at AAA, but maybe up through the rest of the minors um, after a lost year in 2020 for many people around the world. Um, lost year for minor league baseball players. It's really hard to evaluate what you have now that you're playing games again against other competition and figuring out how to move guys up and down. Uh, we'll see where the movement is in the minor league system and if uh, there's any help on the way internally uh, coming up throughout the season. Uh, a good series coming up with the Washington Nationals, including a phenomenal pitching matchup, I hope, on Saturday. A closet full of Cy Youngs when Corey Kluber meets Max Scherzer. Looking forward to that one. want to remind you to subscribe here to WFAN's Baseball Insiders, Yankees, and Mets podcasts. If you subscribe, you'll get Ed Coleman's Mets reports and my Yankees reports delivered to you twice a week uh, here on the WFAN Baseball Insiders. So please check us out, subscribe, review, and all that jazz. And until next time, thanks for listening. I'm Sweeney Murdy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.